You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps. I'm AP Hockey writer Steve Wino with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner and joined by, uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes and Daily Faceoff, former ESPN, former Athletic, and my fantasy football partner, Scott Burnside. Scott, good to see you. <laughs> Thanks for having me aboard. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you have time for me. I, I, I always have time for you, and, and I'm glad Carl can make time for, for you. And our next guest uh, next, later this week is Dennis Kudla, a tennis player. So this is he will have a hard act to follow from this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Scott, I, I mean, I'm so happy that you're on. I, I, I think uh, anyone who's read, read some of the stuff you do realizes how, how good you are at just, like, really diving in. And it's, it's an art. It really is an art, what you do. And it's, it's hard to get guys to – to give you the info that they give you sometimes. So I think this is awesome that you're here. And I love that you guys have a pretty, pretty close relationship too, that hopefully we can dive into and, and see, <laughs> uh, see, see some of the rifts, maybe the, the mismanagement that we have going on between you guys uh, off of paper and more on fantasy. <laughs> well, before we get to, like, I'm sure you know, Steve, but the, one of the last times I saw Carl in person was in his place in Montreal. And it was yep, one yep. of my, one of my favorite uh, trips during uh, my uh, tenure at the athletic, uh, it was actually, I don't know if you know this, Carl, but uh, during that same trip, I spent some time with Emily Castingay, the agent who's now the assistant GM in Vancouver. So that was kind of, that was a great part of the trip and then spending time with you at your place. And uh, it was, uh, you were a very good host. I think I was there on a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday morning, dogs, kids. It was <laughs> It was great. And I also actually saw two AHL games while I was there. I saw the Rockets play twice, which I believe are the only AHL games I've, I'm trying to think, maybe ever seen. So there you go. Really? Oh, we brought you down to the minors for a little bit. Thank you for, for coming down to watch us play. <laughs> well, well, the good news is, is escrow doesn't count in the minors. That's the good news. That's Very right. Good. Yes, yes. I can thank my uh, my <laughs> pool in the backyard to that minor league stint right there. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Carl and I will, will talk about this, I'm sure, some more as well. But uh, the Capitals sink right now. Um, I'm, I'm wondering your thoughts from 30,000 feet here watching this team. What do you think is wrong? And is there any way to fix it? Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible because I think, you know, when you look at the first, I don't know what, third of the season, give or take, I have had this discussion with lots of people because I, I, I look at sometimes the Capitals and the Penguins in the same, through sure. the same kind of lens. And I think at the start of the season, to me, the question was, is it possible one or both of these teams will sort of sink beneath the surface, right? I mean, they... You know, they're, they neither of them had particularly good 
playoffs in the last two or three years, certainly since the Caps won the Cup in 18. They haven't been very good in the playoffs. The Pens haven't been very good since going back-to-back in 16 and 17. And I wondered if this was a year that one or both would sort of fade. (laughs) And then the first third of the season or whatever, both of them were so good. And Ovi was off to such an you know incredible start. And even without Nick Backstrom in the lineup, it just looked like, oh my God, both the Pens and the Caps are going to make it, you know, this last run. And who knows, maybe we'll see them face each other in the playoffs. And, you know, Penguins are still an interesting team for me. And I, I they're, you know, they're, everyone in the East is locked into the top eight spots, right? Yep. No one, with all due respect to Columbus, no one's catching anyone. which is probably a good thing for the Caps because they probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs given the way they're playing right now. And like, I I know the, the outside view is, well, you know, your goaltending isn't very good. And if you fix that, then you would fix everything. And I don't know if it's that simple. I, and I don't think it is anymore. I I don't, I, I, and I don't, so I'm at at a loss because I think, you know, my, I, I just think that there's so much to like about that team you know, like maybe the injuries have caught up to them and the rotating lineup. I, I don't know. And maybe they're a team, you know what they look like right now? They look like a team that how they played in the playoffs the last couple of years, which was step slow and not really, just not really able to compete. So maybe this stretch run turns things around, but I, I just don't know that there is an obvious fix. I, I, what do you guys think? Yeah, Carl, were you at that? Were you at this Leafs game? Yes, I was. I mean, that, that's the one of those games that like, to me, it felt like they deserved a point. But, but not but not a win in that game. And it just seemed like every time something went wrong, it would snowball. And, and, and the late goal being what it was, but every, like everything, Ferrovari had, had, a, had a rough night. Samsonov is, is brutal right now. And, and so whether it's the goaltending situation or the defense, what's, what, what's the deal here? Yeah, well, I mean, it, what, I, what I took away from that game, that was the first game that I've actually been able to like sit and pay attention. <laughs> Mandy had to ask me if I was all right because I was so focused on just watching the game. Um, but but what, what I took away from that is that Toronto looks really good. They yeah. look yeah. like, it's like the way I, I was thinking about it yesterday, it's like the the, the best player in, in beer league, when they want to have a good shift, they control the game. When, when their top lines want to have a good shift and, and go, they control that game. And it was a relentless four check and the Caps just didn't seem to really have an answer for, for getting, getting out of their own zone. And so, I, I mean, I said this earlier in the year that because they had as many injuries as they did and they were relying so heavily on that top line, you know, 22, 23, 24 minutes a night, like that is really hard to do as a forward. And I mean, the only thing I can think is that it's catching up and, and they're getting tired and, you know, not only physically tired, but mentally tired. This is the hump, hump part of the season. And it's hard to, it's hard to be up for these games. And especially when you know that you're you know, you're still kind of locked into the playoffs here and it's going to be hard for someone to catch you. But, but yeah, it, at this point, it just seems like it's not, you know, the blade isn't sharp. Yeah. There's, there's a few things that they're letting slide and uh, it depends on how long you're going to let it slide. I'm sure the coaching staff's not happy right now because you don't want these bad habits to creep in. But to me, it looks just like, it looks, it looks like fog, you know, it looks like there's just, they're just not sharp right now. And teams are other teams like the Leafs are sharp. Yeah, and 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 like I'll take the doldrums part of the season, and in in January that's where I was chalking this up to that they're bored. Right mm-hmm. now I'm I'm way past they're bored and worried about they're old and and not a good team anymore. 
And I'm wondering if, if, if Scott, if you if there's people you're around the league you're talking to about this who see the same things we're seeing. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's, I, I think there's, it's a, it's that thin line though between, you know, being dismissive of a team with Ovechkin, Backstrom. You know, to me, Tom Wilson's still a, a you know, a, a terrific top six player. Yeah, I wrote right. about Evgeny Kuznetsov and what I think has been a, you know, an important bounce back year for him. I know he's cooled off like, like a lot of the players on that team, but he, I think his play this year has been impressive after we've what what we've seen the last couple of years um you know john carlson still plays at a you know very high level but and and maybe it's it's less about their high-end talent and more about well where is well, where are those depth pieces you know we talk about the penguins or you mentioned i you know i provide content for the hurricanes and i so i see a lot of carolina play and i think about and, and the leafs are a little bit like this but certainly carolina rolling four lines you know, they've got young players who come in and make contributions. Um, they, when they're healthy, there's a, a, a fierce fight for ice time and playing time in Carolina. And I'm not sure that there's like, where is that with this Capitals team? And, and I think we've seen flashes of it, but, and I don't know. And again, like, I don't know what happens between now and the last week of April and I think the playoffs start, whatever it is, May 1st or 2nd, whatever the date is that what will change for this team other than you have a group of players who, who have gone that path and have won it all. But it seems like a long time ago that that happened. Yeah. And, and Anthony Mantle will be back. I mean, after the shoulder thing, I mean, whether he's got Kucherov or not, he'll be back. Yeah. Well, then that's, I mean, it's an important, right? It's, it's an addition. Part of that like, second line. Yeah, which, a, and you've been missing that all year. Although, I don't know. I, I still don't, I still don't know. I, I'm just waiting to see, you know, what he brings to justify what went out in that deal. And, and we're, we're sitting here now less than three weeks away from the trade deadline. And, and Carl and I have talked ad nauseum about a goal, like adding a goalie. But I, at this point, guys, I, th- I think there's more necessary here. I don't know if that's a Nick Holden on defense, uh, somebody somebody who can play a, a kind of third line winger role. I don't know if you could afford a Phil Kessel, but I, I think at this point Brian McClellan e- either has to burn up the phone lines and make a call, or say this is the team that we're going to the playoffs with, and that's it. Yeah, that makes sense too. Because at the beginning of the year we were talking, you know, on and on about Ovi Kuzi and how they were going, but we were also talking about the fourth line, you know, the, yep. the, the Hagelin down the halfway line, and they were also contributing what seemed like every single night. And so, uh, you know, they're, they're on, on the, on the sheet, they're the fourth line, but they were playing, you know, almost like a second line role in terms of output on the ice. And, and so if they're not doing that, then yeah, you, you, you have that gap that seems to be a little bit more glaring right now. So it, it's kind of seems like you need to inject some sort of, you know, energy somehow into the lineup and uh yeah see see who's out there and see what kind of price you have to pay because you know we've been talking about the window for the last five years and so why not continue talking about the window and, and find, find a way to get something out of these guys but i like i'm, I'm with you carl i like the, the window is real right i mean and we saw what yeah. pittsburgh has done basically since crosby came in the league which is to buy 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 and, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I talked to Ron Hexel for a piece on Jeff Carter uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I don't see the Penguins doing anything sort of dramatic because they really don't have, you know, space to do it. But maybe this is, well, let me ask you, 
is this the time to you've got draft picks if you want to move them is this the time to and whether it's you know i don't know whether ben Sherrod or whether whoever it is to help shore up the blue line and maybe it's two or three pieces i know there's always a danger at the deadline if you're trying to integrate two or three pieces but is this the time to say listen we're running out of runway here you know ovechkin is having a, a, a career that defies his age let's let's sell it's it's only a first round pick it's only a second do what you need to do to bring in if it takes two or three pieces i guess for me the critical question is if you bring in two or three pieces and not and one of them's not a goaltender because i think that's a whole other discussion it is do you solve enough of your problems to have a successful run because right now you're going to play probably carolina in the first round or doesn't matter how you cut it. You're going to play the top seed. So if it's not Carolina, it's going to be Tampa or it's going to be Florida. And what are there additions that you can make as the Washington Capitals that give you a chance to beat any of those teams? Toronto too, I suppose. Right. So, yeah, so that's, <clears throat> this is where it's like the, the business sense has to come in with the, the GM and the ownership and stuff. Like, do you think, is there someone out there that you can add to this team to be better than Florida, to be better than Carolina, Tampa? If yes, then okay, yeah, go ahead and try it because because you know your window is there. If not, it's like you kind of almost have to bite the bullet and say we're going to waste this great season that that some of these players are having in order to hopefully load up in the next year or two, and then maybe maybe they have another great season. That that that's the hard decision to make right now because at this point, at least the hockey that we're seeing right now, I don't think adding one player is enough to, to get them into the, the category that those top teams are at. So, I mean, that's a, that's a hard, hard decision to make. And, and the good news is it's not our decision to make. That is Brian McClellan's problem, uh, not yes. our problem. Uh, when we come back on All's Caps, some more fun discussions uh, uh, with, with Scott Burnside of Daily Faceoff and, and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, about things around the NHL, things around our lives, his, li- his life. And then later on, uh, Scott will be the latest victim on Carl's Stupid Questions. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner and daily face-off in Carolina Hurricanes Scott Burnside. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. I have recovered from, from Beijing, uh, from a trip to Nashville, still awaiting my next trip to Raleigh to hang out with my good friend Scott. And, and it actually really has been a, a rewarding part of, my, uh, of, of you getting this job with Carolina, Scotty, that I'm a four-hour drive from Raleigh, and we've been able to have some very good times watching some hockey, 
uh, watching some football there. Uh, I was able to do some some work on on the book there. But it's really been a pleasure to, to, to be able to hang out with you there, where your son is is going to school at NC State. Yeah, well, yes. It, uh, I, I only wish that we had better news to report on the fantasy football front, and <laughs> I don't know whether it's because we were actually had emergency management meetings at a number of locations in Raleigh uh, over the course of the football season. But uh, as we were, you and I were talking with Carl before we started to record, I'm going to take 85 to 89% of the responsibility for mismanaging the two teams that we're partners in out of contention. So I, I, I'm going to own that. And, and we, we did, I thought we made some good trades and we still overmanaged it. I think I think uh, your boy JP Barry did fleece us on a trade at one point, Carl. Uh, that, that he we just absolutely got murdered on, on on some of these moves. But there's always next year because I mean we, we might as well be hanging out for the draft because we have no picks until like the 19th round. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so who, how does that work with you guys? Is there like, is is one of you more into making the trades than the other, or more like setting the lineup for you guys? fully equal on that how does that work because well, scott scott cracks the whip on all of those things he's the okay. one driving the bus and i'm saying yes or no well it's because i don't have a full-time job carl i have lots <laughs> of time to pour over the waiver wires and uh you know That's it's funny. uh so i i i feel that i may uh and i don't have a lot of patience so um now listen you know what the great thing is though is that it is given Steve and I chant. We talk every day during football season. We'll have I will bug him, you know, while he's doing work at Caps skates or whatever. And uh, no, and we did we did make the playoffs in, in both leagues. Finished first in the regular season. The, I will say the absolute worst part though <laughs> is that in the one pool, it's run by our good friend Pierre LeBrun, who who mocked us mercilessly during the regular season for being we were like the one of the lowest scoring teams and we seemed to win every game like 40 to 30 so by the time the playoffs came in he was mocking us for being the undeserved number one seed and of course we did get crushed i believe by chris johnson in the first round so that was the worst part we we, 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 we were exactly as overrated as he said there's there's always a team like that though that you just look in your fist because you've got like 1500 points scored against you and they have like 800 and it's just so frustrating how it always lines up that way but but that's all good I mean you know what so Scott when you were out visiting me that was the year that I was I probably had my best showing ever in fantasy football because I was driving so much from my place to Laval that I was on the the fantasy football radio all day like I was spending three or four hours listening to these guys so I knew everything I was on every waiver wire pickup I was solid and it came down. I've made it all the way to the finals came down to me needing, I think it was um, three points from my kicker and he ended up getting two and a quarter, I think. And so I ended up losing the final to Brennan Gallagher. And I was pissed because, you know, the, the pools that the guys have on those teams are they're I mean, fairly high stakes. And I was, I had already told the guys in the I'm like, if I win this, I'm buying, buying a night out, this and that. And then sure enough, I lost by uh, three quarters of a point. So you, I mean, the more, more the more time you can spend on it, it it's it actually works. Like you, you can't. Not for just... Scott, it doesn't. It doesn't work. <laughs> no. the, the more time Scott works on it, the worse it, the worse it gets. I guess you can do that. <laughs> no, but so, I, Carl, I'm curious because I think it's it's probably the same in most locker rooms. But what's that dynamic like? It's. I wonder if it's the same as like the the pools that we're talking about are basically 
they're hockey writers or sports writers or people who are sort of connected pretty closely one way or the other. And it's, you know, it's pretty, I, I, I'd like to win and sure it would have been nice to win the money. Honestly, I just wanted to beat Pierre. I just (laughs) wanted that. And is it the same in, you know, with your teammates or maybe you're, I assume you are still probably involved and like, is that part of it? Not just winning, but being better than the guy sitting next to you. There's always like one or two people that you just have to be, you know, like, like for me, it was Brennan Gallagher. For everybody, it was Brennan Gallagher. Everyone had to beat him. You didn't want to lose to him. Um, so that was, that was the way that worked. And then for me here in, in DC, it was Carly. I had to beat Carly. And so, but that's the reason why I even got into fantasy football in the first place was just because there was the conversation at the rink every single day. Like nonstop, this is happening. Talk about this guy, and I'm like, if I want to be involved in this conversation, like I need to get, I need to get into it. So that's how it happened. And now, now I'm in a pool with like the cool thing is, so this is my first ever time running a pool this year, and I had like we had just the, the funnest mix of of people, like some of my good buddies from back home, um, a couple guys from from here that were local. Um, you know, Dennis, who, who will come on here, who's a tennis player. We had a musician, a singer that was on there. It was just like a, a weird mix of people, but it ended up being so fun because like everybody takes being chirped a lot differently. <laughs> and some people like to dish it out a lo- little bit more than others. And so, I don't know, I just thought it was really fun and that, and, and everybody can, can still agree on one thing that it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun game to play for all of us back in the day and this this might have been five or six years ago scotty and i owned a hockey team together and i remember we lost on the final day of the season on a jamie ben hooking penalty that i will never forgive to this day that we lost on a stupid i don't even know who the ref was that day but i cannot forgive him for that oh that's amazing well i just opened up my hockey pool this morning and uh realized i started jonathan quick last night in their uh i was at seven nothing loss so i'm starting this week at minus 10 points and uh my run of five wins in a row is probably going to come to an end. So, you know, fantasy, fantasy sports for you. It's the way it works sometimes. I I am the worst fantasy hockey manager on earth. I'm I'm on like year six of my rebuild here. It's like I was going for it and winning and all of a sudden everybody, every goalie decision went wrong. Ilya Sorokin can't play everything. I I went all in on the Islanders and the Flyers and that didn't work out so well for me. And, and, And now I'm in a rebuild. Scott and I just made a trade the other day in that league, which is, a, another, I wouldn't say high stakes, but medium stakes uh, hockey <laughs> hockey pool that we're involved in. Sounds like a good time. Well, I mean, okay, so we're talking about fantasy a little bit, but I, I, there's something that's not fantasy that I really want to talk about and, and help us learn a little bit more about you, uh, Scott, is please tell us about this true crime business because I am a huge anything that's real, like any sort of documentary, any, any biography, uh, that's that's all I'm looking for, like when I'm on Netflix or whatever it is. And so, you know, explain to me how that how that works for you. How do you get into something like that? Explain to everybody listening, kind of uh, your your path to where you are now, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to. It it feels in in many ways like it happened to somebody else. It was a long time ago, but before I became a sports guy, uh, I was a news guy. I worked at the Toronto Sun, and uh, early in my tenure there, I ended up. Um, working on a story with a, a fellow reporter uh, about the disappearance of uh, two young girls in the Niagara region. And it turned out to be um, a husband and wife team, uh, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, who had kidnapped and um, 
held captive and sexually tortured and ultimately murdered two teenage girls and were also involved in the death of Carla Homolka's younger sister. Um, and it turned out that Paul Bernardo was also a serial rapist. He um, raped, I believe, 19 um, mostly young women in the uh, Scarborough University of Toronto area of Toronto. And uh, so I covered this case for a long time, wrote a book with uh, my partner, Alan Cairns, who passed away two years ago, actually. So um, covered that. It was a big trial in Canada. It came at a time when the internet was still basically in its infancy and there were publication bans and all kinds of crazy things that surrounded this case. And recently I, I was contacted by a documentary crew who um, did a four part uh, documentary series on the case and its implications. And um, you know, some of the important things that happened as a result of the case. And so I was, uh, I was interviewed for that and it's out on discovery plus, and I'm a, every once in a while, I'll hear from somebody in my hockey world who's, been watching or happens to see me uh, on this documentary, but it is, you know, it's, it just is, it's, it's amazing that people are still interested in it. It's a long time ago. Um, but it's also, you know, it was part of my career early on. And I let at the end of the trial is I made the transition from news to sports. I needed a change and basically started covering mostly hockey, but sports in general, but covering hockey for the most part, um, right after the end of that trial. So it's a, it was a, it, it marked a, a transition in my life in terms of, you know, my coverage and, and, uh, what I spent my time doing. I tell you, it's a lot easier to cover hockey than, um, a case like that. That's for sure. Yeah. And our, our friend Katie Brown was messaged me at some point in December or January saying, I'm just minding my own business watching this documentary. And she sends me the screen cap of your face, Scotty. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, so I had to watch this. And there are there is footage of young Scott Burnside from that time. Uh, the Ken and Barbie killers on, on Discovery Plus. Carl, if, if you haven't seen this yet, you need to check this out. I will be checking that out. I mean, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine that you. After, after going through that and probably getting some of those details, you probably just want to, you know, decompress and think of something else. So I can understand why to transition out of that. It's uh, an interesting transition to get into, uh, into hockey, I guess. But, but at the same time, I wonder, like, cause one of the things that's uh, so cool about, about talking to you and, and reading the stuff that you do is you, you make the person that you're interviewing just comfortable you know it, it turns into a conversation like ours was at my dinner table you know in the house just you know it wasn't uh it didn't feel like there was uh anything being recorded you know just a, just a casual conversation and, and i'm curious if you know like how you've i guess how you've built up those techniques like how do you allow people to you know let down their guard to just talk to you because i read your article with koozie like koozie's, koozie's a great person to talk to but you know it was it seemed like it was you talking with him, like just at a bar, you know, hanging out. And, and do you have techniques for that? How do you, how do you get people into that space? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there are techniques necessarily. And I, I think part of it is, you know, maybe when you do it for a long time and you have a, you know, like right. uh, Evgeny and I had spoken, I'd written about him in the past. I knew what he'd been through and how he grew up and we'd had those conversations and, and I think like I, maybe it's too simplistic, but I, honestly, like if I'm, if I'm doing a story that I'm interested in, 
like I'm a, I'm a fan in some ways. So I, I, I asked the questions that I would ask if I was sitting at a bar and this, con- you know, if you and I were sitting at a bar or at, over a coffee talking about, well, what happened? What ha- you know, what's it like to play for the, the rocket? What, you know, all of those things I I'm interested in that. And so I approach it that way, I think. And I don't, uh, and I, and I think it, I, when I think about, okay, what kind of stories can I do? Who should I, you know, what, what would be interesting? I do try and think of well, what would I, what would I want to read about? What, what's interesting to me? I, I spent, I spent a long time chatting with Ethan Bear um, from the Carolina Hurricanes for a piece that ran on the Carolina website and NHL.com. But, and I didn't know Ethan at all. And I, I wasn't sure I just wasn't sure, you know, he's, uh, you know, a younger player. He's had some terrible things happen to him at the end in Edmonton with the racial um, commentary. And some people, some people, like not every conversation is, turns out to be the way you want. And I'll divert here. I talked to Jesse Pogliarvi earlier in the season. I swear it lasted 10 minutes and it was like, that was the worst interview I've ever done. (laughs) I was wondering that. It was like, he was like, I don't know what he was doing. He wanted no part of me. This cools off. It was like, oh, and that's fine. But, but I found Ethan Bear. I was so interested in what he had to say, and he was so eloquent. And he talked so passionately about, you know, bringing the Seattle Thunderbirds to his tiny reserve in Saskatchewan. And like, I he was, I felt like I was there. And it's, you know, I mean, it's not me. It's, it's if you're lucky, if you're talking to somebody like. Carl Alsner or Ethan Bear or Evgeny Kuznetsov, who feels comfortable telling you a story or sharing their experiences, you know, that's, that's not me necessarily. So I, I take credit for it, but I, I think that's what it is. So, it, you know, I, I like to think I'm genuinely interested in, and then it does just turn into a conversation. Oh, well, what was that like? How'd that happen? Or what did you do? what did you think? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. But you mean there, there's, so much of it is about the delivery too. Like I've been asked questions before from people where I'm just like, I get a bad vibe, you know, I'm like, eh, this is not going to go. Carl, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, from, always from why not? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? No, it's like, I, I just feel like they're like, this person's trying to get at something that I don't really, it's not, it's not the path I want to go down and it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a good thing. But I mean, this, so there's definitely an art in the delivery and, yeah. and how you word it and the people you talk to you know like that was the other thing too i was curious like do you try and structure your the interview around someone so say koozie you talk to you know you talk to uh, mac and you talk to laviolette do you do you like to talk to the them first and then go to koozie or do you like to talk to koozie first and then go to those guys or does it matter whoever's just available yeah mostly it's, it's whoever is available and sometimes if you talk to somebody you know, there may be, you know, like I talked to Ethan Bear for a long time. And then I went back to trying to, you know, talk to his, you know, people he knew in Seattle, <clears throat> people from his reserve. I, I talked to his, he was great. He put me in touch with his fiance <clears throat> and it took us a long time to connect. And I think she was quite nervous because that's not part of her world. So it took us a long time to connect, but she was really outstanding talking about their relationship and all and specifically when the, the racial taunts came at the end of that playoff series against uh, Winnipeg a year ago. Um, so it, sometimes it's just, but I do think, it, you know, every story is different, but I, I do think it's important as much as possible to find, you know, the outside voices and, 
who can, you know, help to explain, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of who I talked to for the piece I, I wrote about you. I, I will say, and again, I'm, I go down my own rabbit hole here. One of my favorite parts of your story, you, you were talking about playing against Andrew Ladd <laughs> and you were both standing in the corner late in one game and, and basically it was late. And I think the sc- score was not in question. And so you were sort of chatting and you're, I think your wife and your kids were there and you're like, Andrew, that's, that's my wife and my kids. And I think he gave them the wave. I, I just thought that was a great thing. And Andrew was on a <laughs> podcast with uh, Mike McKenna and I, that we do for daily face off and, you know, great for him to get back with Arizona. And we talked about he, he and his wife have a foundation now for kids. And, but that was, I just love that part of that story. And it made me, I just sort of tucked it away. I was like, well, that's a great, that's a perfect image. It was great. Yeah. I don't even think you need to show like the human, the human side of the athlete a lot of times too. Yeah. Cause that's uh, sometimes that gets overlooked. Maybe the same thing with Ethan Bear, you know, like people don't realize this is not just a hockey player. <laughs> you know, this is someone who's going to go home and think about everything you've just told him and, and yelled at him and wrote about him. And so it's, it's nice to just, you know, to show that although that we're battling in, in this glass, in between the glass and the boards here, it's still a, uh, still a person, you know, it's not just a, someone who's on tracks that just goes through these motions. So yeah. I guess it, uh, it just brings more light to the, to the individual. Yeah. I, that, that, that's one of the things. And, and I've told you this, Carl, that I appreciate about you is how not robotic you were in, in talking to us about things that maybe other players would be afraid to say how they're actually feeling. And it might, and it got you in trouble at times, but to, to, to be honest about, about how you actually feel, I think is a, is a looking glass to, to writers and to readers about kind of the humanity of all this. Well, yeah, too, because we all have different opinions on how things are going, right? Like a, like a coach may see see something one way and, right. and that's the way they, they see it. And then a defenseman may see it differently than a coach, which sees it different than the forward, you know? And, and so I'm just trying to give give my point of view as, as a defenseman, as someone who takes things a certain way and, and then, you know, you, you write that. And, and so that's kind of the way I think all the, all the guys should feel. But so many times you, if you hear, you could hear what the coach comes into the room and says like, Oh, we played like this today. We needed to be better in this, these areas. And then you got four guys that just, you know, spit back everything that coach said, even though they may not have agreed with them or may not have said it that same way. So that's the hard thing about, about hockey or any sport really is you, the team sport is you have to be so careful with what you say, depending on how somebody else is going to take it. We could probably have this conversation for hours. I would like to have this conversation over beers in, in Raleigh or somewhere at some point, uh, but we got to take a break here on all's caps. And, and then Carl will subject Scott to Carl's stupid questions. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner and Daily Faceoff and Carolina Hurricanes Scott Burnside. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. Eventually, I think Carl's got to ask me these stupid questions at some point, too. But for now... Uh, Scott Burnside is the latest victim of Carl's stupid questions. Yes, I've been waiting a while. One of these days, I want the perfect questions for you. So I've, I've, <laughs> I've been slowly marking down which ones I think you'd be good at. Um, but yeah, so Scott, so these are just quickly, it's uh, just 
dumb questions that I've thought of, uh, my buddies have thought of, and I just try and ask them and, and uh, get a little bit better picture of who you are and how you like to answer things. So uh, it's my turn on this side of the paper now. Um, All right. And I'm going to give you a score at the end too, just so okay. you know. So score high or score low, it's up to you. Um, first question is, we obviously know you're a great writer, great storyteller, but what job would you be bad at, you think? Like, what would you just just not not have a good time doing at all? Um, well, pretty much anything else. But anything involving measuring, a hammer, sawing, numbers, banking, <laughs> um, manual labor, I think that covers pretty much every. So, I I I, I sometimes say this that I am ill qualified to do anything else. So that is <laughs> that's the sad truth. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I think mean, you I think you'd be bad at anything that, that requires a vow of silence. Anything that would require that, you'd be bad at that. That that's too. Funny. Also, any job where you can't swear. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so uh, librarian would not be good, even though you yeah. like Min books, right? Minister or Minister, something yes. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Too good. Okay, good answer. Okay, next one here. Um, do you have a guilty pleasure? Something that, I mean, for me, it's definitely sweets. It'd be my guilty pleasure. Do you have anything along those lines? Yeah. You know what? I, I really, uh, dill pickle chips. And I've, thanks to Amazon, I've been able to buy them literally by the box full which probably not great for a hockey writer who has more or less sedentary lifestyle, but dill pickle chips. And I, I, I'll be honest, I sometimes buy them late at night. Isn't that, I think I've probably bought them with wino late at night. <laughs> uh, you, we have. You have bought dill pickles. We have walked into a 7-Eleven and you've walked out with dill pickle chips. This has happened. I believe in Chicago. Yes. Do you go with like the small individual size bag or you need the big one? Big ones. Maybe want to take it down. Although I will say, yeah, on Amazon you have to be careful because if you aren't careful, you will get a box full of the tiny ones, Ooh. and that seems wasteful to me. So I prefer when the box comes and they have the big bags. Well, what makes you feel better though, having one big bag of dill pickle chips or three of the small bags? Because it's like Halloween, you know. I can I can justify ten little mini chocolate bars, but if you give me two full size chocolate bars, I, I feel something's wrong. I hear you. No, I, I understand that. I think it's for me, it's the wasteful packaging. And plus, I can always clip the big bag, put it away, and then come back and have some later. Gotcha. Good for you for clipping it, not letting it dry out. And, and, and you do not have a sedentary lifestyle. Your, your routine, your, your kind of walking and jump rope routine fascinates the hell out of me. <laughs> well, I do. You got to do something. But it's true. Every day, I... Uh, I uh, go for a walk. I walk the same route. I have a jump rope. I jump rope. In fact, my wife and I talk about this often. Sometimes now I've done, been doing it so long here in Decatur, Georgia, that people stop, speak to me. It, it is, there is a Forrest Gump element to it. Um, and it's true. And uh, I made the wino go on a long, several long walks in Raleigh around the hotel, which is actually around the lake, um, which is when I learned I don't want it. I don't think I'm telling tales out of school where I learned that Steve Wino can't swim. So there you go. Really? I, can, I cannot, I cannot swim. Neither of my parents knew how to swim. By the time they threw me into a pool, it wasn't going to work. But all I was worried about that day was not falling into the lake. The walk yeah. itself was great. We were in, yeah. in a wooded area and we kind of just wandered around. It was, it was a good it was cleansing morning before eight hours of drinking and watching football. As long as I didn't fall into the lake. 
Oh, this is this is a lot to digest here. We have a non-swimmer and then a, a jump rope champion. This is <laughs> very interesting stuff. Do you do you jump to music? Like I've seen these videos of people like just dance jump roping, and it looks intense. Yeah. No, I have. I don't take my phone with me, and I don't have any kind of ear plugs or anything like that. No, it's just me in in nature. Wow, I love that. Good points. Even though it was a question about no pickle chips. <laughs> so plus points. Um, okay, so well, I'm, I'm, that's actually interesting because you are in Carolina. And there's a lot of a lot of great players there um, to watch. But do you have a favorite favorite player? Someone you just either love the way they play, or someone you've talked to that you you know like even more because of that, or anyone that just kind of gravitate towards. I like anyone who's nice to me and can remember my name. So, but no, I. <laughs> I'm sure Steve feels the same way. Well, in fact, once again, I will con- control this dialogue, but and we won't go into it, but we have part of sometimes when we are discussing, if it's just Steve and I or a group of us, a group of hockey writers, we'll, we will have, you know, players that we, I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to find players that we find disagreeable or hard to deal with or work with than it is players who are, you know, open and, are willing to spend time and share things, uh, you know, the, listen, it's a cliche, but the vast, vast majority of hockey players okay. and people in the game are exceptional to deal with. It just, that's the reality. So, um, but sometimes we do talk about that very tiny group that aren't. Um, but to answer your question, I don't know if there are, like there, I, I, there probably aren't favorites. I mean, there are people that I've run into now because I've been doing it a long time. Like I always love to run into Matt Cullen and Matt Cullen was always, I just always enjoyed my conversations. We used to have this joke that he could not retire because if he did, it meant that we were both really old. And of course he he almost never retired, but, and I saw him, he's on the, he was on the bench with the penguins the other night filling in for Todd Reardon. So, um, but no, there, there have been a lot, there are a lot. And, and I feel fortunate, you know, when I go to a game or an event and you run into whether it's a current player or even, you know, somebody that, you know, I'll tell you how old I am when I very first started in sports. So I left, I did the Bernardo thing. And my first sports job was the columnist at the Windsor star in Windsor, Ontario. And the captain of the Windsor Spitfires was DJ Smith. So whenever I run into DJ Smith now, I'm like, man, that's, that's a long time ago. And I think he's, I think he's doing a great job in that Ottawa situation. So anyway, I, 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 I I wish I could, if I thought about it, I could probably come up with, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of time around Sidney Crosby over the years and Sidney has always, always been exceptionally graceful with his time. And I covered his cup days in uh, 09 I was in the Stanley Cup parade in Coal Harbor with his with some photographers right behind Granny and Grandpa. Nice. Yeah, so uh, and he was kind enough. I was out at his lake house. Um, you know, we had the cup, and he was getting. I didn't stay for the great Big C concert, which was at his house, but, oh. but for, you know, for I've always enjoyed my conversations with him because he's 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 an incredibly thoughtful, smart guy. So. Yeah, I mean that's your. There's been a list of people who have said that said good things about about Sidney Crosby, and it's it's hard for you know us <laughs> Capitals fans to enjoy hearing that. But he, well, I guess I guess he's a good guy, so we'll 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 go with that. 
Um, this one is tough now because you answered the about your guilty pleasure being dill pickle chips, but I know that at the uh, you know at games and stuff, there's there's some different options for uh, for food in the media lounge and in the press box and stuff. Um, is there something that you always have to get? Like I always love the uh, what is it like a bits and bites mix, you know, with like the pretzels and crackers and stuff. Is there something that it's like? All right, let me get my seat. Let me grab my cup full of whatever it is, or a diet coke, whatever. Do you have something like that? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm partial to dry roasted peanuts. You don't find them everywhere, but uh, I like those. You know, one of the things I've found over the years in press boxes, and I don't know whether Steve will corroborate this or not. There are very few press boxes with good coffee, and I don't know why. And, why does that I, and, happen? And there are particularly bad arenas for coffee. And, and I, don't, I don't want the people of Scotiabank and Arena in, in Toronto to get mad at me, but that is some of the worst rink coffee you could possibly find. They say Dallas. it's Tim Hortons. It's yeah. not Tim Hortons. Yeah. Dallas, I, I spent a year working for the Stars and, you know, love those guys. But, uh, man, the coffee just, it was, it's garbage. And that's, that's the thing. And it's hard to find, it's just hard to find good coffee in a press box. And you would wonder why that would be so. But, um, and I try, um you know, Toronto, I covered the Leafs for a couple of years. They have uh, ice cream bars. And uh, it was during a period in uh, my life when, you know, I was not jumping rope. <laughs> so uh-huh. ice cream bars, that's a, I try not to eat them too much. So, but that was a good thing in Toronto, the ice cream bars. That, and and that's, that's actually a, a favorite memory of mine from, from working at Canadian Press in, in Toronto was eating those ice cream bars with like the legends of, of hockey writing and Eric Dehotchik and Pierre and whatever during like, uh, hockey night in Canada and, and watching like Don Cherry and watching the insiders on the TV in the press box there. And that's how I associate those ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. So uh, it's a great question though. So Carl, I don't know if you had occasion to be in the press box in Montreal, but if you <laughs> are, well, I'm not being facetious, but I don't know how often you were up in there, but did the players get the pressed hot dogs in Montreal? <laughs> that's, no, that's it. For all hockey writers, that's the that's the that's the king of press box snacks. Those pressed hot dogs in Montreal. Ooh. Well, I know I'll let you take this. Our, our our regular listeners know that this is the official podcast of the Bell Center hot dog. <laughs> yeah, it seems to always come up these hot dogs. And it's <laughs> like I honestly, they should give us a share in that hot dog company, whoever's making because we've been pumping them up. They're just yeah, they're just something you have to have. It's not like. To me, it doesn't feel like such a commitment. It's like a tiny little hot dog. So it's like easy. It's like those little mini chocolate bars. Yeah. It's just like, yep, yeah, I'll have one of these, gone. And you can't really, let's be honest, you can't just have one, right? Like it. Exactly. They come in pairs. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, and what I just realized just now is the draft is in Montreal at Bell Center in July. And I couldn't think of the next time we'd be able to have those hot dogs. And now there's an occasion for that. There you guys got to go live. You guys have to go we live from Montreal. Should. <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting, actually. Let's we'll, we'll, we'll look into that. Except there won't be having any hot dogs. I'm off. I'm off the hot dog train, but I'll I'll definitely smell them. They smell good. So, <laughs> um, so this is perfect that you mentioned that though, because it leads into my final question, which I save for select guests, uh, ones that I think might have a good uh, good argument for it. Um, but here it goes. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Why not? I, I don't even think it's a. I see the debate occasionally on social media. It's not. A hot dog is a hot dog. And I like sandwiches. And a hot dog is not a sandwich. So that's all there is to it. How do you define what a sandwich is? Well, I, I don't even know that. But I know it's not a hot dog. 
what's, 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 the, what's the line about porn? You know it when you see it. I know a well, sandwich when I see it. Well, it's like art. That, that's it. I don't know. I've never heard the porn one, but it's the <laughs> art. It's I don't know art, but I know it when I see it. I don't know what a sandwich is, but a hot dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> Simple as that. I like it. Don't need to get don't need to get extra on that one. That's uh that's a good answer for me. Okay, let me give you your tally here. Just quickly go back over these. Big dill pickle chip fan as well. Some good answer. Handyman. I get that. Nuts, coffee, perfect. Okay. So that's gonna slot you here at 102 points, which is over the 100-point threshold, which is, is uh, I guess, happening more often now because people are wising up to what they need to answer. But you beat Tom Galetti from last weekend, so congratulations on that. Is, it, is there a playoff later? There's possibly going to be a playoff, yeah. So don't, don't overmanage. Don't mismanage <laughs> your, uh, your answers. Just let it be, and you'll be fine. That's okay. good advice because I would start to think about it now. So exactly and for even with that even beyond the fancy football scott and i and and a few colleagues frank servali and kevin mcgrant we also do a playoff football and playoff hockey pool every year so it was it, it was a pick them against the spread for football but we also draft players and do a whole scoring system bit in hockey playoffs because we're degenerates <laughs> gotta have fun with it right i think that's a good idea uh scott thank you very much for joining us and i look forward to the next time our paths cross in raleigh or elsewhere Okay. Well, I'm so honored to have uh, joined you guys. It's been a ton of fun. Call anytime. Thanks, Scott. And, and, and we very well, Mike. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening on All Caps. Dennis Kudla coming up later this week uh, for more Carl Stupid questions, some more Capitals talk, uh, and whatever else Carl and I want to get into. Talk to you guys then.